sit down to dinner at midnight and then request a second table. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. Welcome to another episode of Screen Fix News, where we are going to drop the latest movie news on you. Also, look for our other kinds of episodes, which are our regular Screen Fix episodes. Most recently, we did Mission Impossible 6. You should check it out. Anyway, I'm your host, JC. With me, as always, is the co-host that carries the show, Lady Wan. Say hello. Hello, everybody. Lady Wan, you <laughs> are back from Vegas. I know things are supposed to stay there. Is anything coming back with you? Um, a nice, like, rough rasp on my voice a little bit. I was there for three days, and I slept for ten hours, so I sound fantastic. Are you rich now? Did you hit it big? I won eight dollars. Whoa, eight? Hey, you know, okay, I'll, <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, anyway, did you do anything else this weekend? Maybe anything that was film-related, or maybe anything at all you did. Maybe while you were over there, you pitched your iSnip spay-neuter app. Uh, to some to some rich Silicon Valley types. I don't know. Uh, whatever you did, did you do anything this weekend besides Vegas? I did watch Mamma Mia again last night Whoa. with my friends. And we sang along and had a great time watching that. We actually watched it one and a half times. We finished it and then started it over immediately. There you go. You won one and a half. Wait, wait. Yeah. What, what happened halfway through the second time? Oh, uh, Mr. Lady One got tired of it. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> He's like, this is enough, right? How about we just dive right into our movie news here? We usually start out with some trailers, don't we? It feels like it. Right? What I think was probably one of the bigger trailers that dropped from Disney, we are going to get a live action, interesting take on the Nutcracker Suite, the famous ballet. But here we've got Nutcracker and the Four Realms trailer. She was our queen. At your service, Princess Clara. Princess. The future of the realms lies with you. Be careful who you trust. I'm just a girl, little old me. So here we go again with pop songs getting morose covers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, this one had no doubts, I'm just a girl. Yeah. I mean, lately we've got what? We had Pure Imagination from Ready Player One. Mm -hmm. We had Sweet Dreams in the Wrinkle in Time trailer. Bullet with Butterfly Wings in the Rampage trailer. I didn't hate that one. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but like, is this lazy? Why does every trailer have to have one of these gloomy little remakes of famous songs? It's so overdone at this point. Someone's got to get creative. I'm also sick of those songs but anyway we've got uh a young girl named clara who's played by mackenzie foy she was murph in interstellar murph murph, murph. murph. <laughs> she is now starring in this movie so anyway clara who has a godfather drosselmeyer who's played by morgan free <laughs> morgan freeman he gives her this golden thread at some party and it's supposed to i guess use this thread to find a key that her mother made her mother was apparently some great inventor type i i guess um anyway at the end of the thread, she finds a parallel realm that was actually created by her mother and the Sugar Plum Fairy, who's played by Kira Knightley, and a soldier named Philip, played by Jordan Fawara Knight, and Clara, 
are going to journey across the land of sweets, land of flowers, land of <laughs> snowflakes, and the fourth realm to save the world from a tyrant named Mother Ginger, played by <laughs> Hel- Helen Mirren. Anyway, there's all these other elements from the ballet. There is a character actually called the ballerina. There's a bunch of other actors in it. Uh, Eugenio Derbez, who was, of course, in Overboard, which we fixed on the show. Check out that episode. Uh, Matthew McFadden, Richard Grant, Miranda Hart, and so on and so forth. I've never seen the Nutcracker Suite, but to my understanding, I think there are a few dark elements to it. But to me, this entire trailer seemed dark and foreboding i i thought this is going to be much more of a happier fantasy fairy tale with a couple scary parts but this looks like all kind of dour there was a sense of uh, fantasy and kind of joy that was missing for me in this in this trailer but uh i want to ask you a lady one have you seen the nutcracker suite yes from the experience of seeing nutcracker suite and then seeing this trailer What's your opinion of the Nutcracker in the Four Realms trailer? <laughs> I guess I get the darkness. There's definitely touches of that in the ballet. There, I mean, there's rats. Like, ew. It's so like scary. <laughs> there's, there's scary rats yeah, in the, in the yeah. Nutcracker suite? They're, okay. they're the bad guys. It's the rats. Ooh, a gang yeah. of rats. I mean, it's from like the 1800s where the idea of like a kid getting like lost in another world and like attacked by things was like super chill and normal. It's like Alice in Wonderland kind of stuff. Like, yeah, of course, children are always getting lost in other dimensions. And like attacked. Yeah. Oh, viciously attacked. There were all these fables and stories and fairy tales that were all around like kids don't mess up or things are going to eat you. Oh, definitely. That was, I feel like that was the main moral of all stories for for kids. It's like, don't get eaten. The only problem I am feeling from watching this trailer is I don't think I can like sit through this movie with that voice Kira Knightley is doing. Your mother created our world. Oh, the sugar plum fairy voice. That sugar plum fairy voice she's doing is like my terrible impression of Solomon Lane from Mission Impossible. It is just like... (laughs) grating and like unnecessarily high pitched. Ugh, I don't like it. All right. So uh, <laughs> based on this trailer, it sounds like we're both a little skeptical so far. I think kids are going to love it. It looks too dour for for a kid, no? I think it'll be fantastical enough. I think it'll work. Plus it's Disney. It is. It is the Diz. Cash the check now. Ka-ching. Another trailer. I actually liked this next trailer quite a bit. It is a trailer for a film that is going to reunite Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, who, of course, starred together in the Cornetto trilogy, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and The World's End. Here they are, back together again, in a film called The Slaughterhouse Rules, and the trailer came out. Here it is. Did you get my note about the no-go areas? Um, I cannot have pupils wandering about in the middle of the night. These things always end up in a bloody mess. It's a gateway, and it leads straight down to hell. Now, who wants to buy some drugs? All right, so it looks like this is going to be a horror comedy. Simon Pegg seems to be some kind of teacher at a school, some kind of like illustrious kind of boarding school, it seems like. Michael Sheen is also in it, Michael Sheen from Masters of Sex. And he was also the bartender in Passengers, the robotic mm-hmm. bartender. He was he was great in that. 
Yeah, and he's real smarmy in Midnight in Paris. Yes, yes. So like Michael Sheen, he's going to be the headmaster, and he looks funny as well in this. So there's this boarding school, and some crazy hole opens up in the woods next to the school, and apparently it's a portal to hell. <laughs> no big deal. It looks funny to me. There was that what one scene where they need to make their getaway, but they get in this nice car, and Michael Sheen <laughs> immediately starts putting on driving gloves because <laughs> it's his it's his nice car, and it, they're all screaming, ah! All right, I'm going as fast as I can. You're making me nervous. Seatbelts, everyone. But, I mean, there's other scenes that just look really, really funny. It looks like another great, looks like a good horror comedy. Mm -hmm. What did you think about this one? Slaughterhouse Rules. Lady Wan, what's your take? I can do horror if it's funny. Like, that's when I can see a quote-unquote scary movie if it's funny. So I'm super excited for this. I love Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. And Michael Sheen is just, like, casually one of my favorite actors. I never, like, look for things he's in, but he pops up in things I enjoy. And uh, he's always awesome. So I think this will be really good. I'm excited for it. Halloween. I'm going to see it. Yeah, I think this looks great, too. And that's what I have to say about that. Okay, Forrest. <laughs> I dumped the ending there. We can go ahead and move on to our next bit of news. All right, this was another piece of big news that you're, I, you know, big, quote unquote. It's just a voice casting. It's huge. Okay, it's kind of big. Well, we have talked. We have talked on this podcast about the Sonic the Hedgehog movie that is coming out, which will have James Marsden and will have Jim Carrey as Dr. Eggman Robotnik. We now know who is going to voice Sonic the Hedgehog, and it is none other than Ben Schwartz. Yay! It's John Ralphio himself. Love him. Ben Schwartz. I actually was holding out hope a little bit that they would let Jaleel White, a.k.a. AKA Urkel, (laughs) reprise his speaking role, but no dice. Ben Schwartz is going to voice Sonic. To be 100% honest with you, I don't see it. I do. I just don't see it. I love him. I don't hear his voice as Sonic right now. Do you think he's just going to do Ben Schwartz, or do you think he's going to do a voice? Kind of like how Bradley Cooper does Rocket Raccoon, and he's definitely doing a voice. Yeah, I think he'll do a voice. He gets off the walls. I listen to him on Comedy Bang Bang whenever he's on. He's one of my favorites on that podcast. And he just gets going and just like goes off the walls. And I think... I think that's how his sessions are going to go recording for that is I think they're going to have to let him sing it out a few times and uh, I think he's going to get weird with it. So I think it's going to be awesome. I'm so excited. I love him. Do you think at least once he's going to sing one of his lines instead of speak it? Yes. Oh, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Like a hundred percent he's going to do Uh, it. Next piece of news. We have also talked on this pod about the Birds of Prey movie, which is the Harley Quinn team-up movie. It's the DC We Found a Bunch of Girls movie. Yes. The Birds of Prey, again, just in case uh, you missed that episode, were Harley Quinn, Black Canary, who has a super scream, Huntress, who is a mafia princess, and Cassandra Kane, which is the latest Batgirl in the DC universe in the comics. So... And then, of course, we've got a Gotham City detective, Renee Montoya. It has been announced who they are going to be fighting against. They're going to be fighting against Black Mask. If you're scratching your head, (laughs) Black Mask is one of uh, 
Batman's major villains. He's in Batman's rogues gallery. I mean, it makes sense because it's Harley Quinn, but it's interesting that she's going up against Black Mask because Black Mask is essentially Batman. He's just... dad Batman. So it's very strange because she fights Batman and with this good group, she's going to be fighting bad Batman. (laughs) So Black Mask is a guy named Roman Sionis. He... Uh, originally really hated Bruce Wayne. It's not that he hated Batman. Uh, He hated Wayne and Wayne Enterprises. He, like, hated that his parents were social climbers and, like, cared a lot about what other people thought and they were dicks to him. Yeah, and they died this uh, suspicious death and he inherited their fortune and their company, but he he wasn't a very good businessman. He was, he was bankrupting the company and Bruce Wayne's company came in, Wayne Enterprises, and there was a buyout of his, his company. So Sionis hated Bruce Wayne. And he carved his famous black mask out of his father's coffin, (laughs) morbid, and sought his revenge against Bruce Wayne and became a nemesis of Batman. So he's just a really powerful mob boss and is very, very rich and has gadgets and is basically Batman. How do you feel about this one, Lady Wan? Black mask, bad Batman. (laughs) Birds of prey, what's going on here? I'm cautiously optimistic. The thing I like about the DC characters is like how depressing they can be. Like, I don't know why (laughs) I like that, but I like like the really terrible backstories and like just goes like full on crazy mode. He's scarred people and like made them all wear masks and like that's really psycho and I really like that. So (laughs) I'm glad that they're getting someone with some substance to be the villain in this. I'm still nervous about all of the just the girl grab that's happening in this movie but this seems like a positive Mm -hmm. step yeah and it's a way to to really tie this into that world of of batman too Mm -hmm. because obviously he hates bruce wayne and wayne enterprises is very present yeah in his in his life so you can like loosely tie things to to batman still but anyway yeah black mask i i think it's a little bit of a weird choice simply because he's the mirror image of of batman except bad (laughs) but anyway Black Mask. We're going to get Black Mask with this Birds of Prey movie. Next piece of news. There's a Supergirl movie in the works sticking with DC. You know, we've got the really popular Supergirl show Mm -hmm. uh, currently on TV starring the lovely Melissa Benoist. Loved her when I saw her in Whiplash. And then I was like, oh, she's Supergirl. I know her from so, Glee. Oh, yeah, yeah like <laughs> it's I know like from not Whiplash. a cool way to know an actress. It's yeah, like yeah. she's from on Glee. Glee. What's interesting though is that this movie is going to be written by the writer of Twenty Two Jump Street, which I think is good. But that writer also wrote the Cloverfield Paradox. Oh no! Oh. That's like the longest plot description in the history of our podcast. Is when I had to describe what happened. Explain in that movie. Cloverfield <laughs> Paradox. Yeah, <laughs> it was like third. Thirty minutes of talking through this movie, I still feel bad about it. Supergirl, basically, she's uh, Superman's teenaged cousin. That's who she was in, introduced as in 1959. Uh, her name is Kara Zor-El, and she was originally in the comics sent to Earth to protect Superman. But her pod, just like Superman arrived in his like comet pod, mm-hmm. uh, her pod got knocked out of its trajectory. 
So she arrived years and years later after yeah. him. So she's stronger than Superman? She was going to like make sure he was okay? I don't know. I don't Sounds I don't like know. she is. Yeah. They wouldn't send somebody's weaker little cousin to go make sure they're okay, right? Well, maybe because when he arrived, he he was a baby. So she would have been his like teenage cousin. So they sent a babysitter. Essentially, she's <laughs> She's she's the super babysitter of the DC universe. Got it. Cool. Right. And then she arri- but she arrives years later and she's like, "Holy crap, he's he's grown." <laughs> oh, nope, no babysitting needed. Nope. What mm-hmm. now? Now I guess I got to go get a job. I get- yeah. They probably still left money on the counter for pizza though, so. Yes. <laughs> All right, Supergirl, who would you like to see play Supergirl? On the big screen. Do you have a casting choice? Screen fix casting call. I want to see them go with my favorite. Your favorite teenage girl? Yeah, my favorite. <laughs> God. Oh, God. I hope she's not a teenager. Hold on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look this up. Okay, good. So my choice is actually 23. I want, because I love her and everything, Taisa Farmiga. She's got a teenage shyness, yet a strength and confidence when she needs it. I think she's just a great actress. So I my choice is Thaisa Farmiga. I think she would be amazing. Uh, you'll be able to see her soon in the movie The Nun. Not unless somebody physically drags me to the theater. <laughs> well, if you want to see another really great movie <laughs> she's in, she was in the Ethan Hawke Western in the Valley of Violence. And of course, oh. she's on mul- multiple seasons of American Horror Story. Do you have anyone, Lady Wong? Here's my pick. Okay. I thought of Haley Steinfeld because she's only 21. Oh, oh, that's another good choice. She's good. Just dye her hair blonde and boom. Yeah, she could do it. I think she'd be great. I yeah, like that's, her. That's another good choice. All right. Let's see if we're right. Let's see who wins. You won the last casting challenge. Yes, I did. She is formidable, Lady Wan. <laughs> when it comes to casting, our next piece of movie news here, the Oscars are making changes. I believe they said that like ABC was challenging them to not fall out of relevance. Mm-hmm. So they decided to add a strange, puzzling category, <laughs> Outstanding Achievement in Popular Film. Yeah. First of all, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> Are they going to give an Oscar to the highest grosser? Like, what is this just a way for them to shove popular films into this telecast? Mm-hmm. And is this going to take away from movies like, say, Black Panther, who some people believe should be a legitimate best picture contender? Is this a way for snooty Academy Awards voters to still put their prestige pieces in the best picture category and to leave the popular films for this BS achievement in popular film category what do you think lady wan go i think this sounds bizarre by making its own category you're essentially saying that you don't have to include any of these movies in your quote-unquote elite categories not to make it like so huge and so big but it's a real separate but equal thing which we know is not possible yeah it sounds like a cop-out move but at the same time this is like a made-up award thing that hollywood made for themselves 90 years ago and we've all just bought into it at this point so it's all made up anyway yeah i mean it's so made up and contrived the academy doesn't even know what to say about it like yeah in their letter they say quote eligibility requirements and other key details will be forthcoming <laughs> they don't even know what the hell no, this is they don't they have no clue if i want to watch a movie win awards for being popular just watch the mtv movie awards at least interesting stuff happens on those shows yeah there's already an entire award show for this yeah the trophy there is popcorn exactly <laughs> 
They're rewarding quote unquote popcorn films. You know? Yeah. Empty carbs. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, there's a lot of people that are coming out against this. Uh, just it started a firestorm on Twitter and there's a lot of unfavorable responses to this. Uh, yeah. Not many people defending it. No. Except uh, <laughs> uh, Mark Wahlberg is defending oh. this. You know, if Mark Wahlberg is defending something you're doing, you're definitely wrong. Well, people like Manola Dargis of the New York Times called the changes, quote, stupid, insulting, and pathetically desperate. <laughs> quote, end quote. Roasted. Last little category here. We've been talking about this news for weeks. The James Gunn firing. And then, of course, we talked about how the cast... The entire cast of the Guardians of the Galaxy series all signed a letter coming out defending him, not defending the things he said, but defending him as a person that has already apologized for those things Mm -hmm. and has grown up considerably and never lived the things he said either. So now there's another little little piece, piece of news here. Insiders say that Marvel is trying to convince Disney to let James Gunn back into the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise. It has been said that there are back-channel conversations going on Mm -hmm. between Marvel Studios and the Walt Disney Company because it sounds like they want him back. Deadline was was reporting on this. They say that apparently there's some kind of compromise that is going to be in play. Given the support that James Gunn is getting from Marvel Studios and from the entire cast of Guardians of, of the Galaxy... And, of course, from Dave Bautista, who I think Bob Iger should have to wrestle Dave Bautista for the fate of James. (laughs) What do you think this compromise would have to be? I mean, Disney is known for trying to be squeaky clean and be a a family uh, experience. What do you think about this? What is the compromise? Lady Wan, what do you think? This just feels awkward. This is one of those where I think the relationship is probably pretty severely damaged at this point. And to come back is sort of, of course, I believe that he wants to based on his initial statement right when everything started happening. He was saying, you know, he hopes that he'll be able to, you know, be part of the project. But wouldn't you also be like, you know what? Screw you guys. If you don't want me, I don't, I'm not doing this. And guess who wants to hire me? Literally everyone. Yeah. Literally everyone wants me to do do what I want to do. They trust my judgment and I don't have to t- deal with your nonsense anymore. So I think it's really going to come down to like, how committed is he to the project? I mean, if this was me, does he want to put it above his own pride and say like, okay, I'll, I'll come back to you guys because they did him dirty. So I wouldn't want to come back. Maybe some kind of actual written apology put out in some kind of industry rag or not industry rag, but you know, like a, a major newspaper or so, probably Disney making gun do that on top of some creative concessions. I don't know what the the compromise could possibly be, but stay tuned. Let's see if James Gunn, former provocateur (laughs) back in the day, can uh, survive this and join the MCU again. All right, so that's our movie news. Do you have any final thought, Lady Wan? No, I'm just hungry. (laughs) Is that what that's been the whole time? Yeah, I'm, okay, hoping it, I'm hoping the mic's not picking up. My stomach's oh, been growling this oh. whole time. I thought maybe Charlotte had eaten some more cheese. No, no, never okay. again. Okay. Um, <laughs> my final thought is that apparently Venom is going to be PG-13. I was holding out for him for turd in the wind to actually being shit in the effing wind. But... <laughs> <laughs> All that means to me is there's just going to be like a lot of like crunching and ripping sounds and the action yeah. is off screen. Right. 
Uh, Venom should be rated R. Right. But anyway, I just I just had this one last thing too because we were so taken aback by Tom Hardy's voice in this. But apparently, his voice he was using for Venom was he says Woody Allen's tortured neurosis and all the humor that can come from that, and Conor McGregor and Red Man. Yeah. <laughs> What? I don't think any of us will ever be able to understand the inner workings of Tom Hardy's brain. He's insane. Uh, Maybe the fact that he's always channeling three people is why he's mumbling all the time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Starting to make sense. All right. Uh, Lady One, send us home. All right. If you'd like to reach us here at the show, you can send an email to screenfixpod at gmail.com or you can tweet us at screenfixpod. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook as well at screenfixpod or just search for screenfixpodcast. And you can listen to the show on Spotify, Stitcher, Libsyn, Google Play, and of course, Apple Podcasts, where you can rate, review, and subscribe. We would appreciate it. Awesome. We also have a Patreon account where you can donate to the show. We'd like to keep it going forever. We also have dreams of opening a one-screen theater to the home of film festivals and podcasting and marathons and all that kind of fun stuff because we love movies. And give me your best Ben Schwartz as Sonic the Hedgehog. Go. You're too slow. (laughs) (laughs) How about this one? I'm Sonic the Hedgehog. I have no master except the wind that blows free. <laughs> oh, he's for sure gonna sing like, he this is. whole thing. He's gonna I sing the wait. whole thing. All right, everybody. Bye, Love everybody. It. Bye.